1: Grab your if you love hip-hop Ladies Rub
2: your <laughs> d**k if you love big pop gotcha Open off the words I say because
1: Check it out, um.
2: Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. New theme Thursday. That's when Patrick, the idillionaire, plays jams, songs that are supposed to provide Harge and I with clues and hints that lead us to the new theme of the day. This time, Harge actually was in on it with Patrick. All the songs are songs, the favorites, some of the favorites of Harge as walk-up themes, walk-up music during his playing days. That's right. So this would be Harge swagging his way to the plate. You know what I mean? How long how long? How much? How how long? Uh, how much of the music did they get to hear? So how long oh, they, they got play to hear for? Quite a
1: bit. I, I took my time. So they played like that pitch yeah. clock back Tw- in the day. Yeah, T-
2: twenty. There were no pitch clock. Uh, That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Yeah. Very Keep true. It Very moving. true. Yeah. I like that. Uh, all right. Uh, like that. Uh, I'm in jo- actually. You haven't played a bad one yet. Nope. Yep. I, I I love them all. They're all fantastic. So I'm a big fan of your walk-up music. I appreciate guess everybody it, was. Uh, you can be a part of the show if you're a big fan of uh, the walk-up music. 512-337-3776. You also can hit us up via Twitter. Hard is at HardballHard. in the Twitterverse. Uh, my man Patrick Davis is at it's Patrick Davis, and I'm at Rod Babers in the Twitterverse. We are going to get to uh, the Sark interview with Craig Way, the voice of the long ones. We'll replay that for you. If you missed it, uh, you can watch it, actually, on the uh, the Horns YouTube uh, channel and YouTube page. You can go check it out there. If you want to go listen to it, you can go to hornfm.com, and you can listen to the interview there. Uh, the way that uh, I you know it's basically my fault I decided to cut it in a weird way that took out some <laughs> of the comedic uh, brilliance of Craig Way from the beginning if you want to hear Craig Way just kind of freestyling uh, telling the story about an alligator and him on a golf course which is really funny and we just left it out you can go hear it in its entirety uh, at the U- on the YouTube channel for The Horn or go to hornfm.com but we took that part out and I apologize Hard is right we should have left it in
1: No, it's um, all good it's all good
2: <laughs> so we'll play the Shark interview and also if we got time uh, we'll get to uh, Sark interview with Quinn Ewers as well and my favorite Quinn Ewers quote of Big 12 Media Days and this quote makes me believe they're gonna win the Big 12 title uh-huh. they're gonna win the Big 12 title I'm telling you I feel it I feel it in my bones good mojo um, alright uh, before we uh, get to uh, the, uh, the interview here with uh, Steve Sarkeesian with uh, Craig Way um, just want to throw out at the Rocks around the day I'm gonna continue to talk some Texas football I have, uh, I, have a, I have one troubling stat that I need Texas to rectify and remedy before we start talking about them winning a big 12 title. And this is, troubling, to say the least. I was going to bring it up with C.J. Vogel and uh-huh. he didn't have time because I think he probably could have given us some more insight on it, but he was great too, so uh, we'll get that posted. C.J. Vogel of the Football Brainiacs was on uh, during Harsh Knock Life, talking about that. Okay, uh, let's get to this Sark interview uh, with Craig Way. Oh, we have this, Patrick, ready to go. Here is uh, Craig <coughs> Way at Big 12 Media Days yesterday. Also, shout out to Hayes City Store and shout out to One Source Gas for for uh, making sure that we're sponsored uh, the trip to Big 12 Media Days, so appreciate them. Uh, But here is Steve Sarkeesian with Craigway, the voice of the Longhorns.
0: Let me ask you about the summer and about uh, how it's gone for the guys and their offseason work and getting ready for the coming season.
3: I think it's gone really well. Um, You know, I I feel like the year in general has gone well for the guys. You know, and we touched on this, you know, getting ready for spring ball and coming out of spring. I thought winter conditioning went really well. Uh, I thought the implementation of some of the new players, the transfers, as well as the high school kids in the wintertime, and then going through spring ball – Uh, I thought spring ball was was a success in that, you know, we didn't have any major injuries coming, major injury out of it. Guys that were coming off of off-season surgeries kept getting healthier, and that trend has continued into the summer. Uh, You know, what what I've been talking to the team about, you know, I just love their focus. You know, I think that these guys now in year three really understand what we're about. Uh, You know, I, I used to talk a lot about buying into our culture, uh, i think more so now these guys aren't just buying into the culture uh, they're they're elevating our culture they're they're contributing to our culture uh, and that's how your culture continues to grow and get better but um, you know i like our group you know we're, we're talented we're tough i think we've got really good leadership i love the staff continuity so in the end summer has gone really well because i think that these guys understand the expectation of of each phase of our season summer's no different it's tough it's hard it's the weather is, is, has not been kind, but that's that's what it's for. It's for us to get kind of hardened to get ready for the season. Speaking
1: of staff continuity, Sark, knowing how important Coach Patterson was to you last year in that special assistant role, you've got three guys in those special assistant roles. Uh, specifically, and kind of what were you looking for when you hired those three, specifically uh, a guy like Paul Christ, where you both come from the same frame of reference as power five head coaches who've run your own programs yet serve as the play caller and, and kind of delineating and – uh, distributing those duties.
3: Yeah, you know, I think anytime you try to bring people into your organization, you, you want to be specific in in what their role is and how they can uh, a help what we're trying to do and b what we can offer to them. I think Coach Crist, obviously, his experience of, of being a, a tremendous head coach in his time at, at Wisconsin and at Pitt, but his track record of kind of where he grew up in the profession. You know, he he worked for Mike Riley for a number of years. Mike Riley. Uh, that connection he had with Norv Turner way back in the day. Uh, Norv Turner hired me as a quarterback coach for the Oakland Raiders when I was 29 years old, so philosophically I I think there's a lot of things that make sense. Joe D. Camillus is coming to us from from the National Football League after 31 years, Uh, and his experience and expertise not only on special teams but in game management I think will be helpful. Uh, And then Payam Sadat coming to us, uh, one of the originators of, of the flex defense, and that, that ability that that defense has to create pressure on the quarterback. So everything was for a reason to what we do. I think they've all been tremendous additions uh, to go along with some of the younger folks that we've brought in, but then ultimately keeping that core staff in place that, that we have now for three straight years.
0: Would you say that maybe the, the the role of that position when you have those special assistants, it's evolved maybe over the, over the past few years? I mean, everybody always thought about – a coach sitting in a in in a room just just cutting up tape, and I know and I know a lot of that still happens, obviously. But but has it evolved a bit?
3: Well, I, you know, I can't speak on behalf of what other people do or, or how they utilize people in their organization. Um, we try to make sure that these guys, if they're going to spend their time, if they're going to be with us, uh, that they that they had can have a significant impact on what we do. Um, and so they've got roles and responsibilities. I love having them because of the expertise that I can bounce things off of them and or I can, we can go to a practice and training camp and I can ask somebody to say, hey, can you watch X, Y, or Z today, and then get some feedback on that, whether it's a specific drill, whether it's a position group, whether it's a specific scheme that we're trying to implement that day, that they've got the eyes and the expertise to, to give me a knowledgeable feedback. What does your summer
1: look like, Sark, in terms of your plan of, you know, studying play callers that you like guys that you try to take ideas from and, and also looking back at last season and saying you know I, I wish i was maybe a little cleaner in in two minute here or in you know four minute offense here or anything just kind of breaking down you know i know we talk about breaking down players yeah. but as coaches, kind of going through that self-evaluation
3: yeah there's no question we, i always i always self-evaluate self-reflect really after every game and then at the end of every season and um, you know, there, there's there's a cost to all that we do. And then you, you try to look at how do you mitigate that cost because we only have so much time right. and energy that we have. Uh, and then you try to go out and, and what is going on out there and who, who has been some of the best either last season or for the last two, three, four years. And how can you continue to implement some of the things that you think fit you um, and not lose what you're really good at and what right. your what your core values are. So in the end, you you always try to look at all that stuff and, and you try to look at areas to, because it's not just about the plays. It's about the timing of when right. to call those plays and to have the personnel to run those plays. I would say my, my plays always work better when I got better plays running them, better players go. running them, right? So I think there's all that that goes into it. And in the end, hopefully, you know, As year in and year out as you go, and as we go into this season, that we've got everything in place from a personnel standpoint of players, from uh, a playbook and schemes that make sense to, uh, as a play caller, you feel comfortable with what we're going to do, and that all of the special situations as they arise, that you've got enough menu of things to do when those things come up, that you feel comfortable and you're versatile enough to handle them.
0: I know they, they're pulling on you to get to other things. I, I want to give you an opportunity before you go to tell folks a little bit about how the ramp up is going to go from here with the staff and with the guys uh, as you as you wrap up.
3: Yeah, so the guys just finished up summer school. Um, they had kind of the 4th of July week to kind of finish up school, take a deep breath. Uh, and then we're back into we've got three more weeks of summer conditioning going. We've got three more weeks of, of our PRPs and skill development work that we do. Uh, and then we'll crank it up August 2nd and, and we'll go from there. And I think that we've got we've got a good plan in place to get our team ready to play. I feel really good about the health of our team right now. Um, we had a lot of guys coming off of injuries and different things. They're all back going, they're all back working, which is, which is exciting. You want your full allotment of your roster ready to go. Um, and then ultimately we, we've got to make sure that, that we've got the consistency, that we have a competitive training camp to get our minds right for a, for a very challenging schedule.
0: Hey, uh, I appreciate it. I know they're they're pulling on you, and we got your quarterback ready to hop on with us, too. So we've got that. We've got He's that. way more exciting than I, me. No, that's so. all right. It's okay. I appreciate you taking the time. Appreciate you guys. All right. Great. Good Enjoy good the day, you. okay? All right. Uh, Steve yep. Sarkeesian joining us here uh, at Big 12 Football uh, Media Days.
2: All right. There you go. If you want to hear uh, the interview in its entirety or watch it, actually, uh, you can go to um, YouTube, the Horns YouTube account, and you can go watch it there, or you can go to hornfm.com. You can watch it. There. somebody was asking about the youtube page and it's at it's
1: com backslash at the horn austin for those that are looking for it
2: Nice. i, oh, I actually yeah. didn't even know you had to search for it like that. i usually just type it into the yeah, you Some can search do. the Horn Austin on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: But the Horn Austin is the, the yeah, name the of the official, page. So if You search uh, the Horn yeah, Austin yeah. on YouTube. I was YouTube, like I've never
2: actually even have I didn't know you could give it to somebody like right? that. i like, I'll just go there and search for it. Uh but thank you that for that. You appreciate it. Okay. So my favorite quote from Quinn Ewers at Big 12 Media Days. We got to get to this. So he was talking about, you know, the expectations being really high and the Texas now of course being picked to finish first in the Big 12, Big Target. On mm-hmm. the back of all the Texas players, Keith Sarkeesian included, here's what Quinn Your starting quarterback had to say about that target.
0: I mean, I think there's always a target on our back, but I kinda there's also a target on the opponents that we're playing. We we put a target on them. Um it's kind of like uh John Wick. You know, he's being hunted, but at the same time, he's hunting those guys as well.
2: Ooh! <laughs> Did he just drop a John uh, Wick reference? In regards to Texas' mentality about being uh, the hunted and uh, now becoming the hunter. Mm-hmm. Well done, there, son. Well done. He let now, you know. I, I can't help but start thinking Texas going to win the Big 12 title. If we're making John Wick references, that means a mindset. The They mindset, got kill a killer mindset, man. All right. It's about taking care of their business. I can see it now in DKR Stadium. Mm-hmm. All right. On the Godzilla Tron. When they need to pre- replay that quote, though. We need that quote in the hype video. All right, for all the fans in the stands, they need that quote in the hype video. And then right after that quote, we can just drop in with the hype video, a little John Wick scene. John is a man of focus, commitment,
1: and sheer will. Something you know very little about. I once saw him kill three men in a bar with a pencil uh
2: appreciate that Patrick yeah if you haven't seen the John Wick movies and I haven't seen the fourth one by the way hard ass I have. and you're not a John Wick fan though you didn't appreciate it like I'm just, you have. well I'm just
1: I'm just trying to figure out how did we get to four
2: what do you mean because he's, a, he's he's a badass hey, he can't yeah. be killed he's awesome
1: Hard, hard. Come on, because the first three made money. <laughs> hey, that's right. I was like, "What a ludicrous say about all
2: thousand of uh, Fast and, and Furious." Yes, yeah, y'all keep watching. They all <laughs> should be, yeah, being in a car wreck or something. Uh, yeah. John
1: Wick movies are good to watch at a bar where there's no sound because you don't really need sound for a John Wick movie. All action. Hey man, you just look up at the, you just look up at the picture, listen to music, and be like, "Oh
2: yeah, it's another fight scene." That's, okay. that's actually fair. I mean, you can get the gist of it. It's not yeah.
3: like the dialogue is uh, going to reveal that. I think button. that's yeah. the bad guy.
2: That's he, a good guy. He's being hunted. Yes, and a lot of people out there trying to kill him. And he's better at killing than the rest of the people are at killing him. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was all for a dog. They just messed, they messed with his dog. Sorry, spoiler alert. Yeah. Uh, but case yeah. you hadn't
1: seen all 20 of them.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's just four of them. But I can see Longhorn fans now with the memes and the gifs with uh, John Wick scenes. Yep. With Quinn Ewers' face is superimposed on John Wick's body, and I can see all in the hype video before the games at D.K.R. So Longhorn fans, make it happen! I think uh, Texas already came up with the nickname. They did Quinn
1: Wick. Quinn Wick. Print the shirts. Run with
2: it. Yeah, Print point the way, shirts. yeah I like that that should be the unofficial mascot for Texas football this season is John Wick mm-hmm. that's how we gonna handle it yeah we may get a couple of stray bullets you know coming at our head but we gonna duck them we got you know what I mean we got the bulletproof yep. them. All right, and then we just gonna want that just like a badass by our damn self, no doubt. On our on our last run through the Big Twelve, <laughs> taking everybody out. Come on! It's the, at the end of the movie. The only person left living and standing alive is John F. And Wick. I, I'm I'm down with it, and that's gonna be Texas football. I'm down with that. Thank you, Quinn. Yeah, I, I like I'm that. down with it for sure. Quinn Wick, baby. Duh. All right. Now, if you don't play well, how are we going to flip this?
1: <laughs> we can't do Jason. You know what I'm saying? So no, we got no, to try to no. find nope. somebody that gets Not finished even thinking off. About it. No, you no. <laughs> he
2: he going to be the last one standing. The last man standing. My man Quinn Ewers. I like that. Um, okay. I, I wanted to get to the other Quinn Ewers um, interview with Craig. Wait, We'll save that and table that for next hour. we we'll play that for you. I promise you, if you want to get it now and you can't wait, just go to Horn FM com Or go to the YouTube page, uh, youtube.com slash The Horn Austin. Mm-hmm. You can find it there. So, we're talking about Steve Sarkeesian. Let's just stick with it uh, with, with Sark for a moment. Um, and because I think, you know, Quinn Ewers obviously, you know, it, a big part of this season is on how he performs. And we there's a lot of belief. I heard Trent Dilford talking about Quinn Ewers has a generational arm, he just needs more reps. He just needs more reps, mm-hmm. he just needs more game time, and then he can potentially reach his ceiling as a player. But it, this, is, this season, is a lot of it's about Sark. I heard Colin Cowherd, actually, because it's Big 12 Media Day, so nationally a lot of talk about the Big 12, a lot of talk about Texas because they're favorite to win the Big 12. And I heard Colin Cowherd talking about it. As a matter of fact, you uh, sent us uh, an Aggie. Oh, yeah. Olin Olin okay, can we can we have this, Patrick? Because this uh, also, if the Aggies are talking about the Longhorns um, and the and how and the expectations that they're having, mm-hmm. I think it's it's safe to say nationally. The, the expectations are set. I don't know where Sark is talking about. There are some people saying that, that Texas gonna be bad this year. I don't know where he's finding them reports. Like, I, I don't know. You, I don't know where he's looking. I don't know. You need to look at some better websites. Yeah. So, some more, right? right.
1: Unless you are just Sorry. talking to somebody that don't follow teams. <laughs> because nah. even
2: Texas haters are saying Texas right. no, Texas gonna be good. I bet right.
0: you can go on our text line and find it a few times.
1: <laughs> you uh, could. But very they're not well
2: informed all the time. They're just. <laughs> <laughs> no, they got, they got that's, opinions.
1: What, that's what Sark's doing. He's going on our text <laughs> yeah, line. There you go. And right. he's just like, look. There,
2: this number with no name on it <laughs> mm-hmm. says we this, are overrated and probably win one game this year. This egg on Twitter says we <laughs> suck. Exactly. <laughs> Look at it, guys. Look, I told you. 7547 <laughs> tweet. <laughs> right, he's got uh,
3: three followers, guys. I <laughs> well, mean, three people heard that we're going to suck. He thinks you suck. <laughs> uh, well,
2: here's Olin Buchanan, I believe it's his name. Um, uh, but is it tex that he's with? Yeah, Who's he's it? with Um, mean, Listen, when your, when your rivals are saying you're going to be good, I think that is the narrative that Texas is going to be pretty damn good.
0: Texas, I'm saying it today. If there's any Longhorns listening to us, I don't know why you are, but if you are, we appreciate it. But hey, Texas absolutely should win the Big 12. If Texas does not win the Big 12, it is a colossal coaching failure. Yeah. But
1: how many, time,
0: how many times have you seen Texas in the last 10 years – should win the Big 12, and he do doesn't. If they were to go 8-4 and four this year, again, right? Yeah. Is Sark their coach next year in the SEC? Probably. Yeah, I think so, too. I don't think they'll acknowledge a mistake that soon, yeah. you know, they're Texas. Now if they go 7-5? and five? I think what happens with a bad year, unless it's just a, a complete collapse, that if they have a disappointing year, he gets on the hot seat for next year.
2: Uh okay, so when when the Aggies and your rivals are saying you're good, you ain't gotta agree with everything you said. No. I'm right? just saying I think mean, the point of it is that they even the Aggies are like, no, Texas is gonna be good this year, they should win the Big 12. The last time Texas was picked to win the Big Twelve by the media was 2009. It's been a really long time since the expectations have met the standard. So nationally, I'm hearing all of these debates about Sark, and pretty much this is the this is the year where the jury's out on Sark. Right. Right? We're going to try to figure out what's going on with Sark, because I think half of the people are Sark believers, and they're in the Sark boat, and the other half are Sark haters. And I think equally, right now, Sark haters and Sark believers, they have equal ammunition. They have, right now, both have valid debate. To me, they have valid arguments on both sides that Sark is not a championship caliber coach, that Sark is just an above average coach, and that's what he's going to be. And people who are believers, um, they have there's you know ammunition for their arguments. to like no, no, Sark is on the cusp of breaking out. Look what he did at Washington. Look what he did at USC before the personal issues uh, came to fruition. Um, And then look what he's doing now at Texas. Everything is on the upper you know trajectory. It's on the right trajectory. It's on the right path. And if Sark wins the Big Twelve this year, competes for a Big Twelve title, and they win double digit games, all the Sark believers will be able to go, and they will see. It was so obvious. How did y'all Sark haters not see it? Look what he did at Washington. He turned around a program that was in the dumpster. Look what he did at USC. He was about to win the Pac-12 before some of his personal issues got the better of him. Once he conquered that, he went to Alabama, helped them win a national title, went to the NFL for a little bit too, uh, but then came to Texas and brought Texas back. See? See? It was so obvious that Sark was on his way to being an elite coach. You idiots couldn't even see it. Can't see the forest for the trees. If he does not win the Big 12 and he wins eight to nine games and doesn't win double digit games, then the Sark haters will have a similar argument. They'll say, see? How did y'all not realize it was obvious that he's an average coach? He's just a slightly above average coach no matter how much talent he has at USC or at Texas or at Washington. It doesn't matter. He's only going to win so many games, never going to win double-digit games, never going to win a championship. That's him. That's the narrative. How could you not see it? It's so damn obvious, man. Get your head out of the sand. Right. Both sides. Yeah, they're both going to have a heated debate. And I think the debate will be over after this year. Yeah. I think no the, doubt. I think That's the, where it is. The, the debate ends after this season. That's the whole point.
1: That's where we've been sitting. If he does
2: not win the WG's game, doesn't compete for a Big 12 title, then the Sark haters will go, We were right. right. And the Sark believers will go, Yeah, y'all were right. And if he wins a Big 12 title, and and y'all to be looking games, at me and saying, You were right. All the Sark believers will go, We See, we I told, told you, we was right. And the Sark haters will give go, Give him some time. The Sark haters will go, You're right. We had to just, we had to give him a little bit of time, man. Looks like Sark mm-hmm. is that guy. He's that dude. That's this season will determine yep. who wins, Sark haters or Sark believers. Yep. That's it. And I'm on I'm on the Sark
1: believer side. I'm more on that mm-hmm. side of it, especially looking at this year's team, looking at how the 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 messaging is what's really driving this home for me. Mm-hmm. The messaging of the top players, experienced players on your squad is stepping up to the forefront and and easing my thought process right now, yeah. So I'm in it. I'm, I'm on in that it too. group.
2: I'm on that group. I'm a believer. Yep. I'm a I'm, I'm a Sark believer. I'm in the camp that he's he's gonna get it done this year. Compete for a Big toe title, win double games, and we'll all go. You Sark haters, mm-hmm. man. Look at the evidence before in front of you. The evidence in front of your face says the man is a good to great coach. Yep. Right now, he's just an above average coach. And right now.
1: People uh, are, are are questioning. They're yeah. like waiting for that finish line. It's,
2: it's above average, coach. That's all. Uh, okay, we come back. We'll get into Rod's right round today. Uh, a couple of more stats I want to share about Sark. Uh, also, I saw that Patrick Mahomes won out. He won like team, like athlete of the year, male athlete of the year, and the Kansas City's won team of the year. It got me going down a Patrick Mahomes rabbit hole, uh-huh. and I to share some of this information, man. Before Shohei Otani started putting out these cartoonish historic uh, numbers. I don't know if there was an athlete in American pro sports that was more impressive than Patrick Mahomes and some of his cartoonish accomplishments. We'll share those when we come back right here on Bob Don't Lie, a wonderful night the horn.
3: Light the tower.
1: <laughs> I'm as mad as hell and
2: I'm
0: not going to take this anymore.
3: Find out what happens when people stop being polite. And start getting real.
2: You ain't keeping it real. my God. Okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm.
0: Oh, you've done it now. It's time for Rod's oh. rant of the day. Hold on to your butts.
2: All right, welcome back to Ball do Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Uh When I saw that... Patrick Mahomes run the athlete, male athlete of the year, and the Kansas City Chiefs were the team of the year. I decided to kind of go down a rabbit hole just kind of looking at how unique and how truly dominant the Kansas City Chiefs run has been so far. And they brought me to my favorite Patrick Mahomes stat. So I got to bring this stat up again because it is my favorite. My my take on Patrick Mahomes has always been that he has a very unique X-Man ability, something that he does as well, if not better, than everybody else. And, you know, you hope your quarterback has some of those traits, something that sets them apart. And Patrick Holmes got a ton of them, and that makes him the best quarterback in the league. But the one thing that he does better than any quarterback in NFL history already in the young part of his career is he has the best comeback ability of any quarterback in NFL history. Now, it's a combination of the offense he has and Andy Reid and that ability, but it's crazy how no lead is safe with Patrick Mahomes. And I've gone over these stats before, but they're just mind-blowing. So anytime I get a chance to bring him up, I bring him up because it, it is freakish um, how good he is when – we already know he's he's great, but he's even better when he's coming from behind. We're talking about uh, qu- comebacks, even double-digit fourth-quarter fourth comebacks. I went and looked up, and this is my one of my kind of favorite all-time stats about Patrick Mahomes – I went and looked at quarterbacks' double-digit deficits in the playoffs and compared all the greats, like at least all the greats in the modern era and their records, none of the quarterbacks, whether you're talking about Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers or Drew Brees or Joe Montana or Brett Favre or Peyton Manning or Josh Allen or Joe Burrow or Lamar Jackson, none of those quarterbacks have a winning record. In the playoffs, after being down double digits, Patrick Mahomes is the only one. Double digits. When he's been down double digits in the playoffs, he's four and two. Four and two. Double digits. Think about that. Double, it's double, double <laughs> yeah. digit deficit against right. the best teams in the league. And he's four, he's got a four and two record. Mm. Tom Brady's five and eight. Tom Brees the GOAT. He's got the greatest clutch scene in the history of the NFL. He's five and eight in those situations. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. I mean, Drew Brees was one and eight. Aaron Rodgers, two and six. Usually you get down double digits in the playoffs. It's done. You're down to a really good team. They're gonna put their foot on their throat and you are Keep rolling. over. Yeah. Yep. You might as well start making plans for next year, making vacation plans. Not with Patrick Mahomes. And as a I started researching this stuff and keeping up with it, honestly, because of my trauma. Uh, with Patrick and I, our shared trauma (laughs) of being Texans fans when the Texans were actually up 24 points at one point on Patrick Mahomes. And I'm sure people remember that. That It was 24-point lead at one point on Patrick Mahomes. And he actually brought the Kansas City Chiefs back to take the lead before Mm -hmm. halftime after the Texans had a 24-point lead. To let you know how rare This trauma (laughs) is that Patrick and I had to witness and be a part of. If you take the largest deficit, the largest uh, deficit kind of comeback wins in NFL history of a debt. Take the deficit of at least 23 points, 23 points at least. All right. Is the deficit you have to be down by to make it in this group out of all going back to 1946. Out of all the times a team has come back to win after being down 23 points, The Texans losing that lead to Kansas City in the playoffs is the only lead, all right? only a deficit, I should say, of 23-plus points that a team came back from to actually take the lead before halftime. No other team who has come back down from that much has taken the lead before halftime. The team that's up 23 points at least still leads at halftime. Maybe they're only up 10 points, maybe only up 13, maybe only up 6 or 7. No, no. The Texans lost a damn league before (laughs) halftime. That dude is superhuman. And I did research on it. And honestly, a lot of it comes from his time at Texas Tech. Because remember, there were eight times over those 2015-16 seasons at Tech where he put up uh, basically at least 35 points in loss. Remember that? Matter of fact, there were four losses in his career at Tech where he saw his team score 50 points. And
1: lose. Lose. I think one of those games was against West Virginia, scoring, if I'm not mistaken. Imagine scoring 50 yeah. points
2: and losing. Yeah. Like, that. that's traumatic. That's trauma. That's crazy. Uh, so I think, honestly, that really programmed him as a player that, you know I mean, that, that no lead is ever safe. And also, on the flip side, that no lead is ever, obviously, safe, period. But on the flip side of that, when he's down, all right? Also, hey, man, no lead is safe for you. Right. <laughs> uh, no lead is safe for you either. He said, at court. I kind of joke around about it sometimes, but I was kind of blessed to be in the Big 12 where you had to go and score, and if you threw in an interception, you got the ball back, you try to score again. I've kind of had that mindset where no matter what happens the last play, just focus on the next play. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I'll give you another crazy stat about Patrick Mahomes. That was just, that's, that's his, that's his X-man ability. That's what he does better than anybody else, and that's why they're going to be great even adding to that stat, another freaky stat. His 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 winning percentage in games where his team is losing by double digits at any point, 200 points higher than any quarterback in NFL history. I repeat. Mm. His winning percentage in games where his team is losing by double digits is 200 points higher than any other quarterback. Wow. Even in in, in his clutch gene by the way, cuz Obviously, Tom Brady has the greatest clutch gene of all time. Uh, In fourth-quarter comeback uh, and slash game-winning drive opportunities, meaning fourth-quarter comeback or chance to have a game-winning drive, Tom Brady, 56% win percentage in those situations, um, and Patrick Mahomes is at 50%. He's right there. Actually, I take that back. I I didn't include the the playoffs this year. He's at uh, 17 and 50, so he's 53%. Right. 17 and 15 in those situations. He, he, he said, it, Before Shohei Ohtani, we were throwing about all these crazy stats about Patrick Mahomes because they are just mind-blowing. And this is the crazy part about it. He has completely changed his game in like three years. He's not even the same quarterback he was when he first got into the league. I agree
1: league. with that
2: 100%. He's not even the same quarterback. I don't even recognize his play from when I watched film on him his first two years in the league. Here's a be- the best example. When he came into the league, he was the best quarterback at connecting on the deep ball in the NFL. Nobody was even yep, close. I remember this. All right, he was unbelievable. As a matter of fact, the stat is he had he led the NFL with forty-one touchdown passes of twenty-plus yards. Uh, sorry, he led the NFL with forty-one touchdown passes this year. I take that back. This year, but he only had one of those. One of those forty-one touchdown passes this year was of twenty-plus yards in the air. Only one of them. Wow. Let that let that sink in, and that was
1: part of his game plan every single time. But now, what do you think? A lot of that had to do with Tariq being gone. It
2: it, it could have been due to Tariq. That's a big part of it. But that to me is amazing. He, yeah. he he threw the the second most deep pass, deep touchdown passes in the NFL over his first four years. And do you want to know what his average length of touchdown pass was? Like, if you go look at average length of touchdown pass in 2022, it was the lowest in the NFL of any starting quarterback. It was four point five yards in the air. Mm. His average touchdown pass was 4.5 yards in the air. I think
1: I got that at
2: me. To (laughs) to give you a little reference, uh, Tua, 14.1. Josh Allen, 16.4. Aaron Rodgers, 12.9. Jalen Hurst, 18.5. Joe Burrow, 11.7. Dak, 9.4. Tom Brady, 8.1. Nobody is working the short game as well as Patrick Mahomes. He proved when he first got into the league, he's the best deep ball quarterback in the league. And now he's proven he's the most efficient Quick game, short game quarterback in the league too.
1: It helps. It helps losing uh, Tyreek Hill, but also having yourself a Travis Kelsey as well. Unbelievable.
2: Yeah, and that, that and that, the
1: improvisation that he yes. comes up with too yeah. when they're close to
2: the goal line. Um, yeah, he threw uh, he threw deep on the career low eight point two percent of his passes in twenty twenty two. He's in four years, completely changed his style of play. And by the way, how about Keeps this? Keeps him healthier, too. Yeah, with him, like I said, 4.5 yards, air yards per touchdown throw. Lowest in the NFL. And he only had one touchdown pass that traveled more than 20 yards in the air. But do you know who led the NFL in 20-plus yard plays? The Chiefs. Mm. Those stats don't make sense. Right. <laughs> he only had one. Wait, right, bro? <laughs> He's got the fewest amount of deep passes. And he's only got one deep, uh, deep touchdown pass, more than 20 yards, and yet they led the NFL in 20 plus yard plays. Mm. By a long stretch, too, by the way. Nobody's even close to him with 83. Yeah. Steve, the Chiefs are just stupid. Yeah. They're going to win the Super Bowl again this year. You think he, uh, Patrick Mahomes said that? I don't even think. I know. It's okay. just like, who's going to stop the offense?
1: There is a lot of talent on that thing. And by the way, guys. I was just looking at it right now. Yeah. There, just, there's a lot that's on their team.
2: By the way, they just revamped the defense. They draft, They drafted ten rookies and started six of them
1: mm, in the Super Bowl,
2: right? They start, yeah, they, start, they yeah. were starting four rookies in the secondary. Yeah. They revamped the old line two years ago.
1: Wow. Yeah, they that's got. They was, got a lot of. They got. Don't forget, they just got snacks on their team too. Yeah, big Keandre Colburn. Man, the rich get richer. And what's our what's our guy? The the one that's the fake defensive player of the year in the Big Twelve.
2: Oh, Alex and, and, and you, D.K. Uzoma.
1: Yeah, they got They oh, got Felix. They got him, too. I
2: about that. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm. Uh, so going back to your point about some of the young players that they developed last year, and now they, they're adding more of those young players, too? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, somebody's got to take and a down. And
1: a by the way.
2: Oh, that Menehu, too? Yeah. I didn't realize that. Oh, yeah. Okay. So their defense, to your point. Yeah, they got better. Yeah. just Patrick Mahomes. I mean, like I said, other than Shohei Otani, Patrick Mahomes stats are the most fun for me to go rabbit holing down. Like, <laughs> I love going rabbit holing. How one more random rabbit holing stat I found from Patrick Mahomes. How about this? Patrick Mahomes has the highest career playoff passer rating in NFL history. 107.4. It, and he has the highest career regular season passer rating in NFL history at 105.47. He That's, currently has the record NFL history for passer rating in the playoffs and in the regular season. Uh, he,
1: <laughs> he ain't done yet. Ain't that what uh, Marcus Peters say? We ain't done yet. Crazy. That goes to your point. Yeah. They're about to win again. He ain't done yet.
2: Yeah, he ain't done yet. Second all time, second and all-time fourth quarter career passer rating. Yep. You don't want to know who's first. Who is? Deshaun Watson,
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> He ain't been in the playoffs that long. Deshaun Watson is first. Uh, Tony Romo, oh, third.
1: Man. Come on, man. Don't put that out there.
2: I'm just telling you, Because I don't want people.
1: Because they're going to be like, He's see. you. Oh, Tony.
2: Tony. Fourth quarter passer rating. Yeah. Got him ahead of like Aaron Rodgers. Kirk he's a heard of Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady.
1: You know why? How about this? Because we're always behind in the court. Because no, <laughs> they're, they're playing against prevent defenses.
0: They're down
2: 35.
1: Exactly. How about
2: this? 4th fourth, All-time fourth-quarter career passer rating. Uh, Tony Romo and Dak Prescott make the top ten.
1: Mm. Well... That's because we're always behind until <laughs> Patrick's point. They play a pre Isn't
2: that crazy? <laughs> I know. Sorry, Kyle was fair. That probably made it feel
1: good. <laughs> it did <All> right. not. <laughs> and they got Anthony Cook. Thank y'all oh, for pointing right. out. So Shout out. Cook there DB too. High. That's right.
2: Uh, all right, we come back. We'll get in. Oh, we'll play some Lil Wayne for you. Lil Wayne, this, <laughs> his remix of a Millie, the uh, Espy's remix. We'll play that for you on the side right here on Ball Don't Live, 104. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, What's yo, up? check this What's out. Up? Big tap. rocking with Lil What's John, Eastside Boys, the Chris. China White short dog be a why you looking like a like a why you looking like a like a a why you looking like a like a why you like a Welcome back. Ball, don't lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Now, the new theme for New Theme Thursday. It's all about the walk up music, the walk up jams from a man, Hardball Hars during his playing days on the diamond. That's right. Oh man, Little John the and the Eastside boys. boys. But it's a combo. Who else on there with him? Somebody's little on there. Luther is, on his is out him. there. Yeah. yeah, this was at, back on that. What, what they call it? Crunk day. Crunk that was yeah. crunk names. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, man, getting crunk. Nobody got crunk like Little John and Eastside no. Boys. They well,
1: did well not. Done. This yeah. probably
2: would have been on my... Uh, China White. <laughs> China White was in there, too. Uh, that's legit, man. So we were playing some of Hardy's favorite walk-up songs. He had a lot of them because he played a long time. Uh, some of his favorite walk-up songs. And I got to say, I don't think you've missed yet. I've been working on it, I don't it, man. think you've missed yet. All these songs would have made my 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 pre, uh, pre-game pre hype list Yeah. In my on, on my music, on my you playlist. Like, you like
1: that beat right there. That's yeah. what it's all about right there. As soon as you get that beat, you're like, woo.
2: That's legit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. Hart's right. gonna keep the party going. Thanks to my man Patrick the Idillionaire on a new theme Thursday. Um, also, Hart sent us this because he got a chance to catch the ESPYs, and He was telling me, telling me about Lil Wayne's remix of a Millie, and apparently the remix was uh, also you know recreated to make it a little bit more uh, relevant to and recent to uh, all of the sports headlines from the Espies. So, uh, I want to get into this a little bit. This is interesting. So, Patrick, we have this sound. Here is, um, is this Lil Wayne? Lil Wheezy. Lil, Weezy? Lil Weezy F baby, please say the baby. Tunchy? Yeah, Tunchy, Lil Tunchy. Why does he call himself Tunchy? What is
1: Because uh, he's always tuning the, the music. You know what I'm saying? But it's
2: been, Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I still don't, I don't know, the, know the Genesis of the Tunchy thing. i not yeah. lie. If you know the Genesis of the Tunchi, please let us up. Uh let us know on the Specs Text line. Uh, but he actually changed up the lyrics to a Millie at the Espies. I hadn't heard it, then hard to even hear a piece of it. I thought it was pretty cool. Uh so here is uh, Lil Wayne at the Espies. Yeah, he- Let's go. Let's go. A millionaire, I'm a young money millionaire. Tougher than Nigerian, here my criteria compared to your courage isn't fair. And I'm over New Orleans like an angel. Reese in no pencil and leaf on the sheet, but the tablet in my mind God is good. DeMar Hamlin doing fine in the second minute. I will go to the almighty mighty dollar in the all mighty power of the church to church to brother son daughter brother, Y'all to call me Papa, but my Uncle prime got me. Out there we in Colorado Tell them I'm ha, ha, ha. They can't catch them, they can't stop us I go by them gurus If you can't beat them then you pop them. Can't man em, then you bop Can't stand up then you drop You pop em, cause we
1: pop em yes, like We coachin' be coaching with my nyama Stop that play. Hands up, All right, that's
2: ears. pretty good. He just said, uh, "We see Pop him like he, I'm coaching yeah. Wimbenyama. Like I'm coaching Wimbenyama. I said that uh, his, his wordplay is among the best in hip hop. He's 40 years old now, and he's still got some top five wordplay. Yeah, his wordplay is still mixes
1: it up, and the fact that he was mm. able to perform that because they kept I saw him there, but they never said that he was going to perform, and then they brought him out to do that, and I was like, okay.
2: Yeah, among the hip hip hop artists out there, he—I mean—he has been an open, open, avid sports fan,
1: no doubt. Like he's been
2: on with he has some about the Packers. He has some about
1: the Packers in there as well. Yeah, he was talking about one part of that right there. He put Dion Sanders in there, talking about he got me out there in Colorado as well. So he's he's good, man. He is uh,
2: good, Weezy. Uh, all right, no, so there you go. I appreciate uh, Man Haraj uh, hipping us to that. I actually didn't. I ain't. I didn't watch it, but I did hear yeah. about that highlight uh, from Wheezy. All right, uh, we come back. We'll get into more Big Twelve Media Days coverage. We'll play the the audio from Craig Wade's interview with Quinn Ewers. Uh, we'll come back and talk about uh, what Sark needs to do, what he needs to improve on to become a championship coach and take his game to the next level. Uh, we'll also get back into that Shohei Otani to the Rangers discussion. That is a national conversation now. Hopefully, it becomes a more realistic conversation for the Rangers fans out there. All that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie on Down The Horn.